Psalm 133. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for people to dwell together. You know you can dwell and not be together. Say amen, somebody. Do you know you can dwell and not be together? But to dwell together in your marriage, in your relationships, in your family, in your church, in your job. Amen. To dwell together in unity. You see that? To dwell together in unity. The last prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17, he prayed it five times. In one chapter, the same prayer request. Make them one, make them one, make them one. It is important. Unity is important to God. Amen. It is a big deal. If the devil can divide us, he can conquer us. If the devil can divide us, he can conquer us. Amen. And then it says in verse 2, look at this. It tells you what it's like. I want you to see this right here. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard of Aaron. It's like the precious oil that's running down his head, down his beard. It's dripping on his garments, running off the edge of his garments. Y'all see that? You see this? He's saying that the anointing is attracted to unity. Are you catching this? He said that the anointing is attracted to unity. Then he says something profound. Verse 3. It's like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Life evermore. God said, I will command anointing. I will command a blessing. I want you to see this. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. You see that? God says, I will command anointing and blessing on any people who will unite together, who will dwell together in unity. So, yeah. No wonder the enemy wants to divide our families, guys. No wonder the enemy wants to divide our homes, our lives. No wonder he wants us fussing and fighting with one another. Because there is a commanded blessing on the house. There is a commanded blessing on the family. There is a commanded blessing on this church when we dwell together in unity. Amen. Are y'all seeing this? On your house, on your life, on your marriage, on your family, there is a commanded, the Lord commands a blessing when we dwell together in unity. Amen. No wonder. And then Joshua 24, 15. I want us to look at this. It's a famous scripture. And I want to look at it a little bit different this morning. I want to look at it from a little bit different angle. Check this out. Listen to this great verse, Joshua 24, 15. But as for me and my house. Here it is. Listen, we, y'all missed it, we, 
will serve the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. You'll go right over that and miss it. Do you understand this? You will read right over that. He said, we will serve the Lord. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Everybody say, it's not about me. Nope, you didn't do it. Everybody say, it's not about me. Because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. It's not about me. When it ceases to be about me and my, come on somebody, when it ceases to be about me and my and it becomes about we, then there is a commanded blessing on your house. There is a commanded blessing on your family. There is a commanded blessing on your relationship. When it's not about me and mine no more and it's about we. Amen. Do you understand what I'm telling you? He said there is a commanded blessing on unity. When your marriage is about more, let me tell you something. When your marriage is about more than me and my. Amen. When it ceases to be about me and my and becomes about we. Becomes about we. There's a blessing. Are y'all following me this morning? There's a blessing when it comes about, listen, when your business has unity. It's not about me and my. There is a commanded blessing. It's, not, it's about we. When you care for other people, God says, I will bless that. When you worry about other people, he says, I will bless that. When it's not about me and my, he will transfer a blessing. When we transfer our shift and shift our focus off of me and my, and we focus on we, God will send us a blessing. Amen. That's what my Bible says. When we shift our focus off of me and my, and we put it on we. We're so self-centered, ain't we? Mm, am I the only one? Am I the only one? Am I the only selfish one in here? Okay, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. We're so self-centered, ain't we? Aren't we so selfish? Come on. We only think about ourselves. But today I'm preaching to you, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about you, quite frankly. I'm preaching about the fact that in Numbers eleven seventeen, 17, look at this. God said, Moses, this is not a one-man show. Come on, somebody. God said, Moses, this is not a one-man show. He says, I will come down and talk with you. He said, and I'm going to take that same spirit that's on you, listen to me, and I'm going to transfer it to the 70 elders. You see that? He says, I'm going to take that same spirit that's upon you, and I'm going to put it on them. He says, I'm going to put the same spirit that's on you because this ain't a one-man show. This ain't about me. Amen. He says, I'm going to put the same spirit because it's not about me and mine. It's about we. Amen. It's about we. I don't want this church to be built on one man. God says, I want my church to be about we're in this together. We're going to fight this fight together. And I need you and you need me and we're in this together. And when it's not about me and mine and it's about we, this is a church that the gates of hell cannot conquer. This will be a church when we focus on we and we don't focus on me and mine. Hell can't stop us. Do you understand that? The devil's not afraid of a big church. This is a big church. He's afraid of a united church. And when you take the focus off of me and mine, you put it on we, hell can't stop us. <sighs> hell can't defeat us. It's not about me. It's not about my. It's about we. In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus put it this way. He said, when you pray, he said, we pray what? 
What? You don't pray my father. You pray our father. It's not about me. It's not about my. He says, you pray our father. Let me tell you something. That right there is the hour of power. You missed it. Not H-O-U-R. That's the hour of power right there. When you start praying for other people, when you start praying for somebody else, and it's not about me and my, and it's about we. Come on, somebody. That right there is the hour of power. When you, you got to get a hold of that one. When you begin to pray for your husband and your wife, when you begin to pray for your children, your fellow friends in the church, your family, when you begin to pray for others, God said pray one for another so you may be healed. Oh, you missed it. He said pray one for another so you may be healed. He didn't say pray for yourself so you may be healed. You hear it? It's about we. It's not about our. Peter and John, listen. Jesus said our. When you pray, it's our. Listen, Peter and John went up to the temple to pray at the hour of prayer together. You hear me? So they went up to the temple to pray together at the hour of prayer And they performed a miracle. Amen. There was a lame man who was begging. But they were together. They went by themselves. They went up together to pray. And they performed a miracle. But they went together. And when you understand how important it is to not be that person. Then it's all about me and it's all about my and it's as for me and my. All I care is about me and my and me and my. But when you understand that it's about we, it's not about me and my. And the real strategy of hell has never changed. Divide and conquer. Just break things up. It's the real strategy. The devil's strategy has never changed. Divide and conquer. If he can just break things up and get us to where it's all about me and mine, and it's all about me and it's not about we. Come on, church. There the blessing is withdrawn. Your Bible says it's a commanded blessing on unity. Did y'all see that? So when he breaks things up and it's all about me and mine, then the blessing is withdrawn. The anointing is withdrawn. Come on, somebody. Do you see what's happening? It's all gone. Because the power of unity is one right here. Jesus said it in five times. He said it five times, his last prayer request on earth. Listen, he's interceding for us in heaven. The Bible says he's interceding. For us. His last prayer request on earth, John 17, 21. Look at this. His last prayer request, Father, make them one. Make them one. Make them one. He said it five times in that chapter. Make them one. Make them one. That they all may be one. You understand that it is a unified response to the moving of the spirit that God looks for. (sighs) It is a unified response to the moving of the spirit that God looks for. And I'm going to show you. It's a unified response. We must be more than me and my. It must become about we. Church, it must become about we. Even in a church service like this. We walk in, y'all know what I'm talking about. If we ain't careful, 
You'll walk in here and you're like, well, I'm not going to praise the Lord today because well, I, me and my just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like praising. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You come in and you're just worried about me and mine. I'm just not going to praise the Lord today because I just don't feel. You know, me and mine don't feel like. But we ought to praise the Lord because we understand that we're creating an atmosphere for we. We're not creating an atmosphere for me and mine. I might not be getting anything out of this, but I'm creating an atmosphere for we. Are y'all following this? Maybe you don't need a blessing, but there may be somebody who's had the worst week of their life standing right behind you. Come on. You might not need a blessing today, but you can create an atmosphere when you get your mind off of me and my, and you start worrying about we. Amen. You say, we need you, God. God, we need you. We need your presence. We need your, your spirit here. I need to be, listen, you might not be desperate this week, but you will be next week. Amen. You might not need the blessing today, but you might next Sunday. Come on, y'all. Amen. You need somebody to praise the Lord with you. Together in unity, we can magnify the Lord. You know what? The Bible says weep with those that weep. And rejoice with those that rejoice. You're not supposed to rejoice by yourself. Amen. If anybody on your row starts clapping, you're supposed to clap with them. That's a Bible mandate. Rejoice with those that rejoice. If anybody gets excited, you better get excited too. Because it ain't about me. It's about me. And if my brother gets a blessing, I want to shout over that too. Amen. The Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. So look down your row and if somebody's sitting there like a wounded Indian, you just go ahead and sit there with them. Do it. But if they're rejoicing, if you see somebody clapping, you better clap with them right now. Look down your row and clap with them. We're going to rejoice with those that rejoice. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody in this room, if you love Jesus, I want you to let loose right now and praise the Lord. Come on. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Hallelujah. It matters. Your engagement matters. Your response matters. Your response matters. The most important part of a church service is not the worship music. It's your response to the worship music. Amen. The best part ain't my preaching. It's your response to the preaching. Glory to God. You let a church like this right here. You let a church like this right here get this principle. And we become united and quit worrying about me and mine. You get hundreds and hundreds of people united together for the glory of God, exalting Jesus. Woo! You make a difference. <laughs> Say this. Do you know why Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead in the New Testament? In the book of Acts, in the sixth chapter? Because they didn't give the money. Nope. That's not why. Because they didn't give the money. I... Listen to me. Nobody ever stood up and asked for an offering. Ananias and Sapphira, <laughs> there was a move of God. Nobody ever got up and said, bring the offering. Nobody said that. They weren't taking up an offering. But when the Spirit started moving, the people started bringing 
and selling stuff. They started giving stuff. They started doing this and they started bringing all that they had and bringing and giving to expand the gospel. And the Bible says that Ananias and Sapphira didn't flow with what God was doing. Amen. Didn't flow with what God was doing. And even though Grace was a baby, Grace, come on now. Even though Grace was still a baby, listen to this. God said, I'm going to interrupt Grace. And I'm going to reach back in judgment. And I'm going to kill me two New Testament Christians. I know it's vicious, ain't it? He said, even though Grace is still a baby, he said, I'm not going to pour Grace on them. He said, I'm going to reach back into judgment, okay? I'm going to kill me two New Testament members who refuse to get on board with what I'm doing in my church. That's why. Because there was a, oh, thank you, Dad. I appreciate that for you. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh. That's why they died. I'm not on board. This is I want to tell you. Do I need to take up another offering? I'll take up another offering right now. We need some money. We're about to build a church. <laughs> Listen, that's funny. God said, this is New Testament, y'all. This ain't Old Testament. This is New Testament. Because Ananias and Sapphira refused to get on board with what God was doing. Amen. Y'all see that? Isn't that something? You think participation matters? Do you think participation matters? See, that's not Old Testament. That's New Testament church, y'all. There's something called the 2080 rule. And the 2080 rule, it says this. 20% of the people in church participate. I'm serious. Thank you. 20% of the people in church participate. 80% spectate. They participate in worship. They participate in serving. They participate in the vision. They participate in the giving. They participate in the lifting of hands. They participate in the clapping of hands. They participate. Listen, basically 20% of any church, according to church analytics, and this is, look it up. Basically 20% of Churches, any church, 20% of the people who attend church participate, 80% spectate. What if we could reverse that in this church? What if we could reverse that in this church? What if we had 80% of people participating instead of 20% of the people? What if the 20% was saved for the heathens who come in and you walk down and you got 8 out of 10 people on your row praising Jesus and the heathens walk in and they're the ones who are weird. They're the ones that says, what's wrong with me? Amen. You walk into a church. And you only got two people on your row, and they're like, man, these people are weird. These church folks up here, ah, come on, y'all. If we could flip that around, how about the heathens be the ones that are the outcasts? Yeah. Amen. Let's flip that in this church. Can we flip that in this church? Yeah. Jeez. Eight out of ten people on your row going after God with their whole heart. Could you imagine what that would do? 
at the Last Supper, Jesus said to his disciples, one of you will betray me. He said, he said, one of you will betray me. And all of them, every one of them, look at it right here, Matthew, look at this. Every one of them, the Bible says they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each and every single one of them, come on, y'all, every one of them, I'll begin to say, Lord, is it I? Lord, is it I? So many people come to church and when they hear sermons like this, they think it's for everybody around them. And, oh, preach it, pastor. Oh, boy, she really needs it. He really needs it. That was a good message for them. Wow, you should have seen them in the lobby. Uh, that's what we, amen, come on. But notice the proper response is, Lord, is it I? These are disciples. They wrote the Bible, y'all. And they're like, Lord, is it I? Am I going to betray you? Come on. Amen. We come to church and act like everybody needs to do something except me. <laughs> come on. But maybe you ought to leave here this morning saying, Lord, maybe you ought to just sit there while I'm preaching and say, Lord, is it I? Amen. Lord, is it I? Am I setting up in here like a bullfrog in this service? Acting like I don't need to praise you. Like I don't need to participate. Like I'm not thankful for all you did for me on the cross. Come on. Like I, I'm just preaching the truth, y'all. I'm just preaching the truth to you. I'm just telling you the truth. That's all I'm doing. We should examine ourselves. Turn to somebody and say, Lord, is it I? Turn to somebody and say, Lord, is it I? We ought to all... Leave church. I feel like it's you two right over in that area. <laughs> Say, Lord, is it I know it's them? <laughs> I, listen, we ought to all leave church asking that sometimes. You hear me? We ought to all leave church asking that question sometimes. Yep. Lord, is it I? We shouldn't walk out of here and say, boy, they really needed that message. Amen. Lord, is it I? Remember what I said when I first started this little talk? If this one touches your heart, then you might want to... Lord, is it I? You ought to leave here asking that question. Look, in Acts chapter 2, I want to show you this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. Look here. They were all... Everybody say all. There was 120 of them up there. You know that. There was 120 of them in that room. They were all in the upper room, 120 of them. And it says they were all, everybody say all, all. with one accord in one place. Thank you. And that was before they received the Holy Spirit. That was before. How much more? Those of us who have been filled with the Spirit. Those of us who have already received it. How much more should we come in this church and be in one place, in one accord, all together, working together in unity? They, we've already got it. Amen. 
That was before they even received the Holy Spirit. And then the Bible says, there came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house. Look at verse 4. And what? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because they were in one place, in one accord. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying it was something about all on one accord in one place that God commanded the blessing to flow to the people. Do you understand what I'm telling you? They were all together, one accord, one place, and God commanded the blessing to flow. Amen. When they got rid of the division, when they got rid of the me and my attitude, and they got in one place, in one accord, and they started talking about we, Amen. They started talking about we all together, one accord. I want to tell you the reason God cannot bless you like he wants to bless you is when you say me and my is more important than we. And I don't know who that's for, but it's for somebody. The reason God cannot bless you the way he wants to bless you is because you got to move from me and my. And you got to understand that we is way more important. Amen. Hallelujah. One of the biggest prayers we ought to pray is unify us. Amen. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost, after they were filled with the Holy Spirit and came out of the upper room, they went into the streets. And we always talk about Peter standing up and preaching and birthing the church. Amen. We always talk about the day of Pentecost they came down, we talk about Peter standing up, preaching and birthing the church on the day of Pentecost. But the Bible says in Acts 2.14, look at this. You'll miss it. Peter, standing with the eleven. You missed it. Peter wasn't by himself. Peter, he wasn't standing there by himself. But when he was preaching, all 11 was standing up there with him. Praise the Lord. Come on. The 11 weren't setting. They were standing with him. They were standing together. They were creating a place where God could put the commanded blessing from the temple out into the streets of Jerusalem. They were creating a place of unity. Come on, y'all. They understood the power of unity, that this is not a one-man show. This is not about me. This is about we. I want to tell you, there wasn't seven of them standing up there. There wasn't eight of them standing up there. There was 11 plus one, all 12 disciples together in one place in one accord. Come on, y'all. You're missing it. You're missing it. All of... Let me tell you something. They brought the power because they got together in the streets. They brought the power from the upper room to the streets of Jerusalem. Amen. Because they were together in unity. See that? Why would he say that, Peter? With the eleven. He wasn't standing up for himself. That's all we preach about, though. Ain't it? We preach about Peter birthing the church. Your Bible says with the 11. If you get raptured, it ain't going to be a me and my rapture. You hear me? 
if you get raptured, it ain't going to be about me and my. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Watch this. Watch. Then, ah, then who? We. We who are alive and remain shall be called up together. If you're going to get raptured, it's going to be a we rapture and it's going to be together. It ain't going to be all by yourself. It's not going to be about me and my walk with God. It's about we. We need each other. We need a church. We need to know that we got each other's back. That when I'm weak, you can pray for me. And when you're weak, I can pray for you. Amen. It's not about me and my. It's about we. And when we understand that, that when you're weak, I can pray for you. When I'm weak, you pray for me. Jeez. Sometimes you don't feel the praise. But that's all right. Sometimes you don't feel the worship. It's all right. It's not about me. It's about we. And when we come together in the name of Jesus and we begin to exalt him, we begin to magnify him, suddenly strength is transferred from one to another. Amen. Have you ever came into church just feeling weak, just beat up, tore down? And you just walk into a room where everybody's praising the Lord and you feel stronger already. Amen. Amen. Because strength is transferred one from another. One from another. A great church is a we church. A great church is a we church. I'm going to show you something right here. And then move on. Acts, look at Acts, the 19th chapter. <laughs> Talks about a guy by the name of Demetrius. Demetrius was an idol maker. The Bible says that he made a whole lot of money making idols, okay? Until Paul came to town and preached and shut him down. Amen. Paul came to town and started preaching Jesus, and the idol business went belly up. Amen. Amen. Paul came to town, he started preaching Jesus, and the idol business went belly up. And the people of the city, watch this. Watch this, guys. They were worshiping idols. Acts 19.34. Everybody say, all. Oh. With one voice. Listen to that. All these people were idol worshipers, y'all, and all with one voice cried out for about two hours. See that? Great is Diana of the Ephesians. For two hours, all. All. Everybody say, all. Everybody was doing it, not just the few front rows. Everybody was doing it. All of them was doing it. All the people with one voice to a false god for about two hours. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Diana was the sex god. Had multiple breasts. They worshipped her. They thought that she would, she would bless them, that, that she would bless their, their, their town, their people. She would multiply them. They believed it would give them power. She would, she would bless them, cause their nation and people to grow and multiply. She was the god of fertility. Great is Diana! And they all stood for two hours. Everybody say all. With one voice for two hours. I don't want two hours. All I want is one service. 
All I want is one voice. Come on, somebody. All I want is one voice. Amen. In one service for two minutes. Not a few. I want all of you right now in one service for two minutes to proclaim great is Jesus. Great is Jesus Christ. The King of kings. And the Lord of lords. Come on, keep going. Two minutes. Clock's ticking. Clock's ticking. Proclaim it. I dare you to open your mouth. I dare you to shout God is good from the front to the back. Let Him hear you. Hey, can we do it louder than they did for a false God? Can we do it for a real God? Can we worship Jesus in here this morning? Let Him know you love Him. It matters. Come on, church. Praise Him. Praise Him this morning. It's not about me. It's about we. It's about we. This is what makes this church great right here. Freedom. That's what makes it great. Woo, we ought to get rowdy every now and again. Can we raise the roof a little bit this morning? Praise the Lord. Tell him you love him. Woo. It's more than noise. It's more than noise. God commands a blessing. It's more than noise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Y'all sit in. Y'all afraid not to praise the Lord now, ain't they? <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. Glory to God. This is a wee church. The most powerful church is a wee church, y'all. Oh, glory to God. <laughs> You know what the Bible says in Genesis eleven six. Look at this. It's a remarkable verse. The power and the key to success for Restoration Church. It's found right here. The Lord spoke to me on this. I'm telling you. The power and the key of success to this church. Watch this. And the Lord said... Everybody say the Lord. Lord. This is God. This is the Lord Himself. Are y'all following this? This is what God said Himself, talking about the people who were building the Tower of Babel. They were worshiping demons, y'all. They were worshiping idols. And God said this. Listen. Indeed, these people are one. Listen to what I'm telling you. These people are one. They all have one language. They're talking the same. They're saying the same. They got one vision. They got one vision. They got one thought. They're talking the same. They're on the same page. Everybody listen to me, what I'm telling you. They all got one language. They've got a vision to build something. And they're talking the same talk. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. We got this. We can do it. And they're worshiping demons. And this is what they began to do. And listen to what God said. Now nothing. These people were devils. This is what God said because they had one language 
one vision, and he said, now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Glory to God. Amen. Did you see that? We can do it. And God wants me to tell you this morning, if you can get the people to get one vision, to start speaking the same language, to start talking the same thing, if it'll work for devils, if it'll work for devils, nothing, listen to me, nothing we propose to do will be withheld from us. It worked for devils. Do you not think it's going to work for us? We got a bunch of devils in here. I think it will work. I'm just kidding. Do you see that? God himself. These people were worshiping. And listen. There's nothing we can propose to do that God will withhold from us. If we get one vision, one talk, one place, one accord, listen to me. There's nothing God won't do for people who unite together. You know what happened. God said, I got to break them up. You know the story. He knocked the Tower of Babel over. He split up their languages. He gave them all a different language. He said, I got to break them up because there's nothing these guys can't do if they're united. He said, I got to break them up because he knew if they keep talking the same thing, if they keep doing the same thing, if they keep going together in unity like that, nothing's going to be withheld from them. Now think about that in your own family. Think about that in this church. Think about that in what we're doing. Think about that in your business. How much division have you got? How many people are you not speaking to? How many people are you angry at? Because all the devil wants is for you to stay that way. Amen? It's all the devil wants is for you to stay that way. Stay mad. Because you can't have the power and the anointing and the blessing of the commanded blessing without unity. You can't. You cannot have the anointing, the power of the commanded blessing without unity. You can't. Matthew 12 says a house divided cannot stand. The power of us being together this morning is if any two or three gather in my name. He didn't say one. He didn't say one. Listen, you got to have at least two. He said, I would prefer three. But you don't understand this. It's rare when God gives you options. It's rare when God gives you options. But he says if you can get two or three. It's rare when God gives you options. But here's what he said. If you can't get three, which is optimum, I'll settle for two, which is minimum. Amen? But you got to have two. You got to have two to get in agreement. You got to have two to get in unity. So if you're in a marriage and it's me and my instead of we, he said, I can't gather there. He said, I can't gather there. If it's all about me and my, he said, I can't gather there. And he didn't just say, if two or three are gathered in my name. We misquote that scripture all the time. That's not what he said. Look at Matthew 18, 20. Here's what the Bible says. For where two or three are gathered together. We misquote that all the time. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. No, that's not what he said. 
where two or three are gathered together. Because you can be gathered and not be together. Amen? You can be gathered, but you can't be together. The power of unity is we when we get together. You can have two or three all day long. You can have them gathered all day long, but if they're not together. Amen. That's where the unity comes in, where two or three are gathered together in my name. And when we come together, see, it's not about me. So many times we come to church and we act like it's up to the singers to move us. We act like it's up to the preacher to move us. It's not. It's not. Amen. Thank you. Really, it's not. We do our best. Amen. But really, it's not. <laughs> Thank you. But it's not up to us. It's up to we. God is done with one man shows. God is done with one man shows. It's not about me. It's not about my. It's about we. This is a we church. And when we come together with focus and we come together to exalt Jesus, when we come together, we're leaning in on him and we're getting in this word together. Come on, y'all. When there's unity in the church, when there's unity in your family, amen. It's unstoppable. It's unstoppable. I'm almost done. Listen. Thank you. I want to say this to you because I'm, all, I'm, I'm done. Here, here, look. John chapter 5. There's a story of the pool of Bethesda. Y'all know the story. And how the water would be troubled once a year. The water would come down. An angel would come down, trouble the water once a year. Move the water. Ripple the water. An angel would come in, trouble the water, make the water. Listen. And when the water moves, I want you to listen what the Bible says in John 5, 4. Everybody say the first responders. After the water was stirred up, then whoever stepped in first would be healed. This happened for 38 years. A guy crippled was laying there. He would hear the water once a year, but he couldn't get down to it. He said, I have no man to take me and put me in the water. And he'd miss it because he was not the first responder. Please understand what I'm saying to you this morning. There is a principle here that I want you to get. It's very important. God loves first responders. God loves first responders. And if everybody else misses it, if you'll be one of those people, if you'll be one of the first responders to the service, well, I'm not waiting on them to sing my song, but boy, hey, boy if they sing go well with my soul, I feel that. Oh. But no, you're one of the first responders. Be the first one to respond to the service. Be the first one to clap at the worship. God loves first responders. Amen. He loves first responders. There's a greater cause than me and my blessing. It's a we blessing. Amen. There's a greater cause. Maybe that song didn't do nothing for you. Maybe there was a teenager or college student behind you who said, man, I really like that. I like this place. I think I'm going to come back. Amen. It's not about me. It's about we. God loves first responders. In other words, don't be the last one to clap.
Don't be the last one to stand to your feet. No, come on, stand to your feet. Come on, church. Amen. Come on, church. Don't be the last one to raise your hands. Don't wait on somebody else to move when God said move. God loves first responders. He loves people who understand if I'll obey God, if I'll just move from me and my to we. Because when people obey God, listen to me, it creates a ripple effect. Amen. Creates a ripple effect. And I wonder this morning, in this service, I wonder what would happen if we would all get in one mind and one accord. I believe people will be healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. I believe people will be delivered. I believe addictions are going to be broken. I believe strongholds are going to be broken. I believe that uh, freedom's going to come. I believe souls will be saved from one end of this place to the next. If we could get in one accord and one mind. When an altar call is given, the band's up here playing, it's not about me and my. I'm going to get in my car and get me some food. It's about we. The altar call's given, the band's playing, we're walking out, we're getting to the car, leaving to go to the lunch buffet. It's about we. It's not about you. Amen. Amen. And you'll play a part in that. Smile, church. you play a part. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. <laughs> it's all about souls. There's nothing more important. It's all about souls. The Lord is good, y'all. Who will be the first responder this morning? If you came in this place this morning, if your home, your marriage, your life is so divided, your relationships, let God touch you today with the power of unity. And if you're in here this morning and you don't know Jesus, that's where it starts. Don't wait on somebody else to raise their hand. Be the first responder. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've backslidden. Maybe it's been all about you. And you need to come to Jesus. Raise your hand all around this room right now. Come on, we're doing work with God. Raise your hand. We see Him. We see Him. Don't wait on somebody else to raise their hand. God loves first responders. Everybody pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to the power of the cross and the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. I receive full forgiveness. You nailed my, cro- nailed my sin to the cross. 
Come into my heart, Jesus. You'll never leave me nor forsake me. I am saved and I am forgiven. In Jesus' name.